Hi, my name is Sabek Srinivas, and this is Arnav Rastogi. And together we are co-hosts of the Backfield Rift. Thank you for tuning in. In this episode, we are back and better than ever, ready to kick off the 2022-2023 NFL season. And we're going to start off with our very first tier list of the year. Yeah, let's get right into the juggernauts. I think there should be two teams in here. Sotvik thinks three. The the Bills and the Rams, I don't think there's any question about that. But the Bengals turn into more of a playing field now. All right. Here's my view on this, and it's very simple, right? Let's not try to fix something that's not broken. All right. This is a team that's coming off a Super Bowl appearance. And generally, when we talk about a team that's coming off a Super Bowl appearance, things are gen- generally, you know, you lose players to free agency, this and that, and all that. And, you know, you got, you have that Super Bowl hangover as a, I guess, the team that just lost. But I'm just looking at the paper right now. And this is a team that has added Lyle Collins and Ted Karras, which is huge to help their offensive line, the biggest area of emphasis for this team entering this season. And in addition to that, they also got Hayden Hurst at tight end and Daxton Hill. They drafted from Michigan in the first round. So I'm just looking at this, right? And I'm comparing that to who they lost. They lost CJ Uzama. I think they got a replacement for him in Hayden Hurst. They lost Auden Tate, but I think they're going to be all right with the amount of receiving talent they have. And other than that, like, this team looks really, really good. And I, I just don't think we should move them out of that juggernaut category until we see regression on the field. Okay. I, I understand this, but look, why did the Bengals make the Super Bowl last year? Because certain guys who were, let's be, let's face it, they were on prove it deals. They were on, you know, very cheap contracts. The Bengals just handed out and were like, you know, let's, let this defense let some let's let some of these guys work out and what ended up happening is a lot of these guys ended up proving their worth right they had surprising years and they really ended up being top guys Shadobia Abusier is one of those guys uh Trey Hendrickson is one of those guys but my question is can they replicate it when we look at what carried the Bengals last year, the offense was there, but the defense was the real question mark. And last year, they got on a roll. They answered that question. They had the momentum. Can they do it this year? I don't know. I can't put my trust in a bunch of guys who just got the momentum at the right time and started proving themselves and started playing at a high level because that's not sustainable. You don't base success off of one year, Right. If Tom Brady was good in like 2003, 2004, right? You don't, you don't, I, I couldn't go in 2005 and say, yeah, that's going to be a top, top five, top two quarterback, right? But Tom Brady put years of successful seasons together. That's why we call him the greatest. I don't know if a lot of these guys on the defense that really carried the Bengals or helped the Bengals get to the Super Bowl, I don't know if they can replicate what they did last season. And for that reason, like, I understand this is a playoff team. But I don't know if they can put that run again and get to the Super Bowl. I don't know if they can be that juggernaut. Yeah, no, I don't I don't disagree with you in the fact that, you know, maybe the Bengals were a one hit wonder. All right, but I guess, you know, just um ideologically, I guess how I'm approaching this whole tier list is right now, right? Right now, how do I feel about the Bengals? And just like I guess generally comparing them to teams like 
the Bengals are a team I don't want to play. Like, I think I'm going to get burned day in, day out when I'm going up against this offense. And what the defense showed me during the playoff run was that they are competent. And again, we do these tier lists every four weeks for a reason because things change and we alter them. And I think I'm with you. If the Bengals show out in September and they're that defense is not looking good and they're like two and two or whatever it is, we can absolutely move them down. But just right now, today, on August 23rd, I believe the Bengals are still a juggernaut. Uh, it's fair enough. I mean, you're basing it off of last year's success, but I don't know. Can they replicate that success again? That's still a question mark to me, right? I, I don't know. I just, I, for some reason, I'm still not sold 100% on that defense. Maybe if certain guys replicate, like if I see Trey Hendrickson go out and like the next tier list, the next time, like week four, week five, we post another tier list. He has like two sacks. He has a few tackles for losses. He's clearly making an impact on the game. Tadobia Uzier is still that lockdown corner, right? The linebackers are like Logan Wilson is making an interception or like, you know, playing good pass coverage defense. If I see that, yeah, okay, maybe they're a juggernaut. I just don't know. There's certain that it's it's just it's it's guys that I don't know that can you know have that success every season. Yeah, no, I think we're saying the same thing, but just we're looking at it slightly different. But here's what I'm gonna say: innocent until proven guilty. All right, if they show me that they're not good, good, <laughs> then we can make that change. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so moving on to the contenders category, uh, a, a lot of teams that can stay competitive and make a run to the Super Bowl. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, who obviously had the Kyler Murray drama, finally come to an end. The Ravens were getting back all of their injured pieces. The Broncos, who added Russell Wilson to a extremely dangerous wide receiver core. Watch out for them. Kansas City, as always. The Chargers. That's an interesting team right there, right? Because this is a team we always put in the contenders category because on paper... They look so good. And and on paper, they got better this year. But do you think they could, this is finally the year for them? Dude, I, I just, I don't know. But the roster is just so good. Like, I, I genuinely think, like, it's it's illegal, man. How can you have <laughs> how can you have Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack on the same team? Like, like when we say zero holes, this is what we mean right here. The Chargers, yeah, yeah. The zero holes. Like, there is there is no justification for this team not going out and winning like a minimum of twelve games, like minimum, like yeah, like I don't know. dude. If the Chargers are not good this year, like, like when I say not good, I mean like if they don't make the playoffs, like minimum, there's just nothing this franchise can do. Like it's just it's like, I'm <laughs> they're sorry, cursed. they're cursed. Ever ever since the missed field goals, you remember that? Yeah, <laughs> in like yeah. 2014, 2015, they had so many yeah. missed field goals. Yeah, I remember. I remember they, the Browns were like 0 and 14 or something, and then on like Christmas Day or something like that, they lost. They they beat the Chargers. Like that's just they did. It's just yeah. like when it all started going south. <laughs> can, can can the Chargers finally break their curse? Uh, another team in the AFC West, the Raiders. Uh, they they also got better, adding adding Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams to a team that made the playoffs last year. Huge additions on both sides of the ball. Excited to see what they can do. And Tampa Tom, always in the mix. But when we get to playoff potential, it gets real interesting. Because we have a team right here, the Indianapolis Colts, trying to replicate the formula that the Rams had last year that won them the Super Bowl. Do you think the Indianapolis Colts can do what they did? 
All right, here's what I think with the Colts, right? What was the problem last year? And it's, it's very tough for me, especially as an Eagles fan, loves Carson Wentz, but to just say this, right? That roster was loaded. I'm, I'm trying really not to just base this off of that last game, but Carson Wentz was it wasn't cutting it. Okay, there were there was a lot of good with Carson Wentz, but there was just a lot of bad. And all Matt Ryan has to do is just bring the good and leave the bad in Atlanta. If he can do that, they're going to win a lot of games and they're going to make the playoffs. Like it's very hard for you to, to as Matt Ryan, right, come in from Atlanta monumentally improved team around you. Just do your job, Matt. And, and you're going to have a lot of success. Like, I, I think it's very hard to screw this up if you're Matt Ryan. I, I, I like the Colts. I, I like them with Carson Wentz, <laughs> even though I'm a big Carson Wentz hater, uh, just because that roster is so good. But I don't know. I got a feeling this year with the way that this roster is built, the way that they play, the way the coaching staff is, is that the Colts are always going to be a playoff potential team. Heck, they might even move into the contender category. But they'll never make Super Bowl, even with Matt Ryan. Mm. And, I, and I think the Colts really are replicating what the Titans did, which is not a good thing. The, the Colts' entire playbook is exactly like the Titans, and the, the Titans really were never able to make the Super. They were ever, never able to take that next step. And I think the Colts aren't learning from history and are doing the exact same thing. You look at the Titans when they added Ryan Tannehill to a team that really all Ryan Tannehill had to do is hand the ball off to Derrick Henry behind an amazing offensive line, and then every few times just make a good throw, a a, a perfect throw to get the first down. The Colts, same thing. You add Matt Ryan now, your entire offense is built around Jonathan Taylor running behind multiple all all pros on that offensive line. All Matt Ryan really has to do is every so often – Turn around, play action, try to find Michael Pittman Jr. open. It's it's a very similar, very, very similar playbook. And I, I based on what history tells me, I, I don't know if the Colts are gonna make the Super Bowl this year. I, I think they're always gonna be a team that's in the mix, a team that can make the playoffs, a team that can win a game in the playoffs. Do I think they can go all the way? I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I, I think it's really just a question. You kind of talked about you know, the Titans and the Colts. And this is increasingly a passing league, right? Being able to run the ball is a very, very, very good thing. But when the chips are on down, right, you're you're at the end of the game, you got to be able to win with your arm. You got to be able to beat one-on-one coverage consistently. And you need two things. Well, actually, you really need three things. I think the Colts have one of that, which is good pass protection. But the other thing you need is, just freak talent on the receiving end, right? You need guys like Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, you know, Tyreek Hill that are just going to make insane plays. And I don't think the Colts have that. Right. Right. And even, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give the Colts this Matt Ryan. Like if you, if we're, if we're doing the comparison between the Colts and the Titans, Matt Ryan is an upgrade over Ron Tannehill. Mm. He's a much more accurate quarterback, much more poised quarterback, much more experienced quarterback. I still, I, I still don't know because if you look at the game plan, it's very similar. And historically, Matt Ryan has needed a number one target, 
extremely versatile target. Last year, he had Kyle Pitts. Before that, he had Julio. And and he had Mohamed Sanu as well if Julio went down because he went down with injuries often. He also had Mohamed Sanu, who was a really nice receiver. I, I, I don't know. Looking at the streaming court, it's pretty bleak. Like, Michael Pittman, is he, he's an above-average receiver. Is he that guy? I don't know yet. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I guess if he has an opportunity at, at proving that he's that guy any year, it's this year. Because I think Matt Ryan is the best quarterback he has played with. And unless unless he's played with Andrew Luck, I'm not sure. Like, I don't think he has. But, you know, we'll see. But... The Colts feel like, like you were saying, like they feel like a good team. They don't feel like a Super Bowl team. Right. Moving down this list, uh, both of our teams are here. Uh, Saints and Eagles uh, joined by the Patriots, the Cowboys. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) It's our year this year, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, The Dolphins made some – that Tyree kill trade, they're, they're they're putting all the chips on the table with that Tyree kill trade. Yeah, Tua, 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 Tua got no excuses, man. Tua got to play this year. Like, yeah. I, I don't know what to say. Another guy who has no excuses and is an underrated breakout candidate, but you know he needs to prove himself. Trey Lance and the 49ers. Mm. 49ers always going to be in the mix with that roster. Trey Lance, they need he needs to show why the 49ers were right to move off of Jimmy G, especially because Jimmy G has had a lot of success right. in that Niner system. Yeah, and, and since you just brought up Trey Lance, I'm just going to say this. I'm very interested to see what happens with Trey Lance. And I know these are like all case studies, right, like individual players. But we, we saw guys like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, you know, guys that were raw out of college, but freak talents, like athletically, right? Is Trey Lance going to be another one of those guys that was raw in college but came out as a freak athlete and learned how to play quarterback in the NFL. Is he going to work out, or is he going to be another raw talent that wasn't able to learn how to play quarterback in the NFL? And I, I don't know. I think because I'm, I'm going to be honest, right? If we didn't see Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Justin Herbert, I don't think Trey Lance gets drafted that high. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think. I don't think he gets picked before the fourth round. Mm, I, I, I don't know about all that, but definitely the San Francisco 49ers don't trade their. Don't trade every don't they don't sell the house for this dude if those three quarterbacks don't pan right. out. And not only that, how much experience Trey Lance have? He had one game. Mm. One game mm. of college experience, right? That's what that's what they drafted him on. They drafted him on one game and a whole lot of potential. All right. I, is correct me if I'm wrong, but that's like one game as in like senior year, right? He he did play before that. Yeah. Okay. But like one game of that final year. That's mm. That's anyways. Uh, Titans are also in here after losing AJ Brown, but drafting his replacement Traylon Burks. We'll see how that goes in their system. Cleveland Browns, can they hold it together for eleven games while Deshaun Watson is gone? Is that roster good enough? All right, I don't know, man. But the <laughs> I don't think this amounts to much. But I was watching a little preseason football, and the way they talk about Jacoby Brissett is like is the next. I don't even know what the next one, but honestly, he's what do you think? He's the truth. Brissett's the truth. <laughs> what do you what do you think about Jacoby Brissett, man? <laughs> look, he's a solid, like he's a placeholder, right? I, I look at him like a Teddy Bridgewater. But when I'm looking at Teddy Bridgewater's situation, right? When he filled in for Drew Brees when uh he went down that season, 
are we saying Cleveland Browns roster and the roster around him? Are we like equating it to what the Saints had at that time? Because if not, I don't know. I don't know if he can hold it up, right? Because I'm saying, look, Jacoby Brissett, Teddy Bridgewater, same type of guy. You know, if we look at the Saints and the Browns, they, the Saints were in the same situation a few years ago. The Browns are also now in that situation with Deshaun Watson being suspended for 11 grade instead of being Drew Brees being injured, right? Mm-hmm. Do you believe that Cleveland's roster is good enough to support Jacoby Brissett? Like the Saints roster was good enough to support Teddy Bridgewater? I don't have I don't have doubts about the Browns roster. Like they, there's a lot of good football players on this roster. But here, let me let me ask you this, right? Let's just assume best case scenario, right? The Browns ball out and they're like seven and four at the end of that eleven games, right? Best case scenario. I still don't know if Deshaun Watson can just come back and just just fit right in there and be like, all right, let's go. And I don't even think that's a real possibility. It's gonna take that's him. A great, to- that's a great point. So. How- even best case scenario, like I don't see the Browns winning like maximum, like max, they're winning like eleven games to me, to me. Right, and and and, that, and then and then is that eleven games good enough to even make the playoffs in such a stacked right, AFC? Right. There are gonna be multiple teams who have eleven games. It's gonna come down to tiebreaks and everything. I think I think that's a wonderful point, right? Deshaun Watson missed a lot of football. Yeah, and I know pre I know the preseason doesn't matter, dude, but. He not look good on the preseason. <laughs> like, okay, I, I only I only watched one game. I don't know if he played after that, but the the Jacksonville dude, game, dude right? was missing everything. Like, I didn't yeah. see him make a single throw the whole night. Yeah, hey, look, it's an adjustment period. I'm yeah. I'm sure. Like, I I think the the Cleveland Browns, the fans, the fans are itching for something good to happen. They just gonna have to put it on hold for another season. Yeah. Next next year was finally gonna be the the year that we see Cleveland finally put everything together. Dude, it's it's actually it's it's really a shame because when they beat the Steelers that year and everything, like we finally thought this team figured it out, right? Yeah, and then they're <laughs> back to all this. You know, there's there's more drama in the NFL, uh, especially in the NFC North. Uh, who do we think is going to win the division, right? Because we I have we have both the Packers and the Vikings in playoff potential. Who do we think is going to really come out on top with the Packers losing? arguably their most important player, Devontae Adams, and the Vikings making a lot of sneaky good additions, right? They, on defense, especially adding Jordan Hicks. They added Andrew Booth, Lewis Sign, showing up that back end. Offense is good as usual. Uh, I don't know. I think I think I think the Packers might finish second for the first time in a while in their division. Yeah. Um for me it's an absolute coin flip, right? And I'm not saying that in the sense like I don't know, like I don't believe in the Vikings, but here's what it is to me, right? A lot of times we get very excited over a really good roster, but with a new head coach coming in, right? Going from Mike Zimmer to Kevin O'Connell, that's like, that's as crazy as a shift you can have. This is like a veteran coach, defensive minded. He's all about you know, getting that mentality of defense wins championships, all of that. Now we're going to the next Rams, you know, like next head coach in that Rams lineage. Hey, I mean, hey, if there's one thing about that Rams coaching hierarchy, they have never failed. None of those coaches have failed. <laughs> all right. I, I think I think the Rams coaching hierarchy is not uh, – what do you say? Like, 
Hey, hey, hey. hold it's, on. It's, this is the best thing. We go. We got to go back to the uh, commanders, or I can't say what they were called before, but that commanders, coaching, that coaching yeah. staff, man, yeah. that's the best thing that ever happened to the commanders. I, I got a question too. That is, is, is this uh, technically the Jay Gruden coaching tree? <laughs> oh, Don't even get me started. I mean, if if you're going back to the Washington football team like i, I think technically this is a jay gruden coaching tree, man. all right man anyways <laughs> that back back to what we we're talking about you know hey i it's it's a new it's a new regime right i understand right. that but there is some con, con, continuity on that roster right mm-hmm. you, you can't you can't say that the offense yeah. it's it, you know there's going to be some changes in terms right, of right. Uh, game no. plan right it's going to be the same right defense is what i'm looking at because there are moving parts on the defense right no i agree i mean I, just, I guess I just, I just want to see it, right? Like, I can't just tell you today that I think the Vikings are going to win this division just because, you know, they, they have the better roster, per se. But I'm very open to the possibility that the Vikings do very well this year. You know, in the NFC, there's not a lot of competition. So if the Vikings can take advantage of this mediocre division, you could see them winning a lot of football games. Mm, well, Packers-Vikings is going to be on twice this year. I'm going to have yeah. those games saved. It's going to be an interesting oh, yeah. clash. Moving out of this category, we're introducing a new one this year. Upset watch. Stop it. You want to explain why? Yeah, for sure. So basically, you know, over the last couple of years of doing this podcast, particularly last year, in the beginning of the season, you know, we're just looking at rosters, we're looking at teams, and we're like, yeah, they're not going to win a lot more than like three or four games. And then at the end of the season, we we're seeing them, you know, at seven, eight wins. And what we've learned really is that the NFL is a league where anyone can win on Sundays. And there are a couple of teams we want to talk about that in our view, aren't going to win a whole lot of football games. When you look at them like holistically, but any given Sunday, they have a phenomenal chance at beating any opponent. And the teams in this category are the Detroit lions, the Atlanta Falcons, Seattle Seahawks. What? I I think that's a very interesting team right there. Cause they traded Russell Wilson, but what they got back and what they added this offseason, I think gives them a fighting chance in a lot of these games. You know, I absolutely agree. Because last year, the Seahawks, you know, it was a rough year. And then now they lost Russell Wilson, who was literally everything for this team. So the feeling is like, yeah, they're not going to do well. But then that you look, you pull up the roster and you're like, damn, like if they get just competent quarterback play, in the NFC too, they can win a lot of games. Like genuinely. that offense is good. That that offense. I mean, outside of the quarterback position, obviously they have a lot of weapons. A lot of weapons. Yeah, they still got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Rashad Penny's a breakout candidate. Combined with Kenneth Walker third in the backfield. Not to mention, a lot of people forget this. Even I did. They got Noah Fant at tight end, mm-hmm. right? And and you add Charles Cross, who's arguably looks like the best offensive lineman out of this class with what we've seen in the preseason. That's pretty good for a team that traded away their franchise piece. Yeah, no, absolutely. They got dudes. And I'm just thinking about this, right? Like, I don't know whether, you know, Drew Locke is the answer. I'm very inclined to say no. Let's say they draft a quarterback in the next couple years. Seattle could be right back. They could be right back. They're set up really well. I think think it was a quick rebuild for Pete Carroll. Mm-hmm. and company 
and I think another team who's the last team in this category, the Pittsburgh Steelers, in a similar situation, right? You had your franchise player retire, Ben Roethlisberger, and you're replacing them with questionable quarterback play, but a roster that's really good, right? The Steelers have still have almost every defensive piece besides Stephon Tuitt, who retired. I, I think I think if Kenny Prickett goes out there and shows that he's able to be a game manager, I think they can move from a team that's trying to upset playoff teams to being a playoff team themselves. Yeah, no, I actually agree again. Um, I think the only thing that is going to take some adjusting for the Steelers is a lot of people don't realize this or talk about this, but for like the last decade, the Steelers have had a stellar offensive line like every single season. And we look at the retirements that they've had this past year. That's going to be, that, that's a huge knock for a young quarterback, right? That's going to take some adjusting. But overall, there's still a lot of good players on this team. And again, any given Sunday, I think the Steelers can win. Moving on to the next category, we've got bottom of the barrel, reintroducing that name. Uh, and, and there's teams that it's not looking great this season. They need to focus more on looking at 2023 and planning out the future. Got the Carolina Panthers, the Chicago Bears, the Giants, the Commanders, the Texans, the Jets. And I feel bad for the Jets especially because they got two pieces, two key pieces, Zach Wilson and Mekhi Becton, who are injured. And they might be out for an extended period of time. And, and the Jaguars as well in that category. Trevor Lawrence looked like a dog in the preseason. Yeah. And he, here's the part that's kind of tough about this, right? Because – we just did introduce this upset watch group. And then we're talking about actually a lot of teams that we have here in bottom of the barrel, I believe seven teams, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And I guess the point we're trying to make is not that these seven teams can't pull off upsets. I guess it's just more that the teams we have in the upset watch category are more likely to pull off those upsets, but it's just, these, it's, these it's are also, it's also one thing that, I don't know. I, I don't feel comfortable putting the Steelers in the same category as the Bears because they're not. They're not. The Steelers mm-hmm. have a lot of talent. The Bears, they don't got a top 20 guy at any position. Right. So there's, there's a talent differential. There's coaching differential. There's management differential. They're just two very different organizations that cannot be put at the same level. All right. With that being said, thank you for tuning in to the 79th episode of the Backfield Rift. Be sure to tune in for our next episode. We're going to unveil our season predictions for this year. Hopefully, I can make another successful Super Bowl winner prediction like I did last year with the Rams. Sopvik's hoping to at least get one of the teams right in his entire football coverage career. Damn, that's, that, that's, a, that's a lot of talk coming from somebody that it took like 11 weeks last year to pick an upset. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Are we going there? Huh? Are we going there? <laughs> Anyways, until next time, it's been Arnav Rostogi and Sat Vishnu Stay safe and take care.